This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this week we're taking you to food court. because <laughs> I know, the way you listed this on here, it, like... <laughs> Shouldn't you have written food courts? <laughs> Did you ever go through a phase of watching court shows? No. I always have turned them off when they come on. Because I loved Judge Wapner at some point, like in when I was in like elementary Wait, or middle Judge school. Judge Wapner wasn't the name of the show. It was uh, The People's Court. The People's Court. There we go. Because there was Judge Judy, yeah. and then there was The People's Court. You know, it always came and there was on. Divorce Court. It always came on at that time of day when, like, the whole world seemed very still and there was nothing else going on. And like, like if you were watching it, you were probably homesick from school. Yeah. Do you remember that feeling? Like life has never felt like that as an adult. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. The The one specific case that I remember from uh, from the people's court is very boring. Okay. So I'm going to share it, which is that some kid finger like graffitied their name into freshly poured concrete in their neighbor's driveway <laughs> so and guess what they lost <laughs> the case <laughs> this is really shocking <laughs> no but matthew i'm really hung up on that feeling of being a kid like flipping through channels in the middle of the day yeah like when all, all six channels quiet. that we had when we were yeah. kids and for me there was like a real soundtrack outside to this and it was the sound of cicadas oh we didn't get like, those in the Northwest. Deafening cicadas because it would mean it was hot. Like if I was inside watching stuff like that during the day, I was either homesick during the school year or it was in the summer and I was bored and it was scorching hot outside. Did you you ever watch like after school specials? No. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I learned a lot of lessons. Uh, Awesome. All All right. right, So here we are. We're going to food court today. No. um, when, When this episode, which was suggested by listener Dana. Yep. As usual. Yep. Uh, thank you, listener Dana, again. Uh, when when we first started talking about doing an episode on food courts, I, I really felt like we needed to go eat in one together. And this felt really challenging, obviously, because we are still, still in the age of COVID. Yeah. And then you rightly pointed out, like, why do we need to go eat in one? <laughs> And you were so right. We don't need to eat in a food court no, to talk it's, it's about like food I don't, courts. I don't need to to ah. like bring us a, a lawsuit 
against you to talk about the people's court. Right, right. But I bring a lawsuit against you because you've wronged me. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. completely separate. Okay. Uh, so I, I want to clarify that what we're talking about today, food courts, are also <laughs> called food halls. And especially in Asia, they're sometimes called hawker centers. Yeah, sometimes in Japan, they're called food museums. Are you serious? Yeah, we'll, we'll get That's like it's, it refers to something slightly different, but really only slightly. Okay. So anyway, what we're talking about today is typically uh, an indoor dining area, although it could be outdoors. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you mentioned that though, because like I think of a food court I as really an indoor thing. I really think of thing. it as being indoor. Yeah. So uh, an indoor dining area with multiple food vendors in their own stalls or kind of with their own counters, and then a common area for eating on site. Yeah. Like if it's outdoor and there's like a bunch of stalls, I think of that as a festival. Yes. Or a food or a market. Or a market. Yeah. A market. But I love the idea that every farmer's market is, is a, a festival. Food, is a festival. Oh, are you, I can say that every farmer's market is a food court. Is a festival. It's nature's food court. Yes. Uh, anyway, so Matthew, let's go down memory lane here. Okay. I feel like memory lane is going to be the whole show. Okay. Pretty oh, much, right? Yeah, I think so. Because we're not actually in a food court. Because we're not court, actually in a food we're court. we're not going to actually eat one today. We're not actually going to eat a food court, court today. today. No, if I were Godzilla or, or a similar kaiju, oh, yeah. I would eat food, a food court every day. Oh. Why not? I would I would eat, for example, Pioneer Place, uh, like the food court where I spent the most time when I was a teenager. Okay, is in this in Portland? Downtown Portland. Yeah, okay. they built it's like a fancy-ish mall uh, that I think last time I was I was there it seemed like it had fallen on hard times, like many malls. But uh, when I was in high school, it was thriving. It was pretty new. So wife of the show, Lori and I would both hang out there. We did not know each other at the time, but we we tended to frequent opposite sides of the food court. So she would go to like the California. Crisp, uh, which is what like the California salad Crisp? salad bar, okay, and the Paradise Bakery that had like cookies. Okay, um, I would go to Mama Elardo's, the pizza place. Okay, my main memory of Mama Elardo's, I don't remember the pizza at all. I'm sure it was like totally average. Was that they had really good fountain sodas, and it was my oh, first the first time I ever realized that fountain sodas place? could could like vary in quality. Yeah, like I would get a Coke at Mama Lars, like, this is like really good Coke. I don't know why. Wow, okay. Maybe it still had cocaine in it. Wait, by fountain sodas, do you mean like it had like a, a little like a little soda gun? No, like a like a dispenser that you push the cup against. Oh, that's not a fountain. That's a fountain soda. No, that is not. That's just a soda dispenser in like a fast food establishment. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Listeners. No, a fountain is straight up something where you go to like get your egg cream or your milkshake or your like old school cherry Coke. Yeah, it's where you go to get your egg cream. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I had an egg cream recently at home. It was really good. Wife of the show, Lori, made me one. It was like being at a, a soda fountain. I'm not talking about a soda fountain. I'm talking about fountain sodas. It's not the same. Mm, no. Okay, no. listeners, I'm so excited about this because I'm going to say, <laughs> listeners, please get in touch. Contact at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and let us know if the machine where you push your cup against the, the little metal that is dangly a, that's thing. That's a soda dispenser. Is, is that called, it's when you get a soda machine. like that, is that called a fountain soda? Nope. Yes or no? Soda machine. I'm really excited because, like, we're recording this episode in August and it's going to air, like, on, <laughs> on Halloween. And I'm suddenly going to get all these messages with people who are very excited to tell me what they think of fountain soda. 
soda is and be like, what? What's happening? Yeah, no, that's not a fountain soda. <laughs> anyway, you know. Okay, go all right, on. So go I know, on. very delicious soda from the dispenser. Okay. There was the steak escape, like the not very good Philly cheesesteak place. Okay. Which uh, I know I've told the show on the story on the show before. My friend Brian, they had a contest at Steak Escape. Name our new chicken sandwich. Okay. Like, you know, fill out a little paper slip and put it in this box. And uh, my friend Brian was absolutely sure that he was going to win with the uh, suggestion that he put in many times, the 12-inch pecker. And uh, (laughs) they ended up uh, giving it. They did not choose that (sighs) name. They called it the grandest chicken. Uh, There was a teriyaki place, and there was Cool Temptations frozen yogurt, and I went to all these places many, many times. Hold on. Uh, Before you move on to the next thing, I'm going to talk about the the shopping mall food court of my youth. Oh, yeah. No, let's let's go back and forth, because if I do all my memory lane, like, I'm going to be talking for 18 minutes. But So, one thing I want to comment on as I think about my own shopping mall food court as a child uh, is that yours seem to not have chain establishments. That is a good point. And, like, I definitely went to other malls in Portland. I think this one, like, specifically cool temptations was a local chain i think okay. steak escape was also i think maybe they were they were like trying to like avoid big national chains cuz it was supposed to be a little more upscale yeah okay so when i was a kid this mall uh, on may avenue no pennsylvania avenue there we go okay. Pencil- uh, let's get this oh, the, right. the national mall no <laughs> I love that you did that. Thank you. No, I'm from Oklahoma. We okay. don't have a national mall. But you do. You have a, a oil well on the on the state capitol grounds. Sadly, not functioning. But yes, yeah, we it do. Is, it is sad that they're that they're not pumping oil <laughs> at the state capitol. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Matthew, so when I was a kid, there was this mall on Pennsylvania Avenue. It's still there, and it was called Penn Square Mall. And it was a big deal because they renovated it. Okay, And brought in, like, new exciting stores like Foley's. Our department stores were JCPenney and Foley's. Okay, never heard of Foley's. Yeah, we thought that was super exciting. We had Mervyn's. Mervyn's was also in California, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a West Coast thing. Anyway, so I remember when Penn Square Mall reopened after the renovation and their food court, the, the color scheme at Penn Square Mall was this kind of like pinkish beige and charcoal gray. So all the tile throughout the mall was that color. And I think that there were a lot of skylights near the, which also seems to me emblematic of a, a food court. Yes, there, definitely. There were a lot of yeah. skylights near the food court. But yeah, ours, it's always on the third floor of the mall. Or like the highest yeah. level. Yeah. So ours was uh, filled with chain restaurants. Yeah. No, definitely. So, like when I went to Lloyd Center in Portland, like that one was filled with chain restaurants. I love that too. Yeah. So Penn Square Mall, had Sparrow for pizza, which I really enjoyed, but that was the first time that I ever saw someone like pressing napkins against the top of their slice of pizza to absorb some of the grease. I do that all the time. It was eating at the at Penn Square Mall. So yeah, there was Sparrow. There was Hot Dog on a Stick. Hot Dog on a Stick. Where they made their staff wear those costumes. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Dumb costumes. And they would make them churn. sexy? They had hand-churned or churned was it, I, the adjective or the verb surely was not like churn what hand churned hot dogs no Can ice cream dogs? oh 
Ice cream. Did, no, no they, God, not ice cream. What am I saying? Lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening I, right now? Stroking okay. out. They were churning they were, lemonade and trying well, to make lemon butter. I distinctly remember <laughs> the people behind the counter working at Hot Dog on a Stick wearing their sad little like primary Rainbow, colored yeah. outfits, having to pump something like up and down repeatedly. And I think it was like the lemonade thing this doesn't make any sense no i think probably there was a lemonade pump this makes no sense was it a was it a fountain soda <laughs> <laughs> anyway but anyway hot dog on a stick i yeah. think that was the first time i ever encountered a corn dog yeah and then did they did they have hand dipped corn dogs hand dipped yeah. corn dogs yeah and then there was would, also would they ever dip the corn dog with one hand and pump the lemonade with the other hand <laughs> There was also some sort of frozen yogurt place. I'm not sure which one it was, but it seems to me that in a food court, the frozen yogurt place is always on a corner, like an outer corner. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, adjacent to the, the main hallway. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think I assume it's because they want you to like go past it after you have your meal and On think, oh, like out? now, now I, I, I just realized I need dessert. Or right? maybe that like the frozen yogurt places paid extra for that prime real estate yeah, where, that everybody's walking by. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that was Penn Square Mall, and that like there was no visit to the mall that was not accompanied by a visit to the food court. I oh, mean, that yeah. was like. Obvious. You would just you you had to go to the food court. Yeah. No. Like I remember, like the feeling as as a kid of like going to the food court and being like, I can choose like any of these places. Like yeah. And there was always a certain sound to the food court. Like it had a certain acoustics. Like like lots of people talking loudly with hard surfaces. Yes. Yeah. And and I I learned so I did the research for this episode as you as you may know Matthew. I uh, yeah. And and I learned that in you know in the design of food courts they tend to design them around those kinds of hard surfaces that are easy to clean. Oh, that makes so, sense. So, you know, typically like tile, it's linoleum. It's like the opposite of Crescent Market. Exactly. <laughs> so tile, linoleum, formica, stainless steel, glass, all these things are, they create the acoustics and the cleanliness of the food court. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is on your memory lane? Oh, God, a lot of stuff. So I... There was this place in downtown Portland that I haven't thought about in years, and I assume is not still there, called Metro on Broadway. And I don't even know how to describe it or whether, like, other cities had places like this. But it was a food court, but all of the places were just, like, this this one restaurant's own brand. So, like, they had the different stations had names, but they weren't, like, separate businesses. It was like, this is our burger location. It was like, you know what it was, was like? Was it like a college cafeteria? It was like a college cafeteria. Yeah, yeah but, that but it right. was not associated with a college. It was just like a place for, like, business people downtown to get lunch. Kind it sounds of, like it, the kind of thing that would be run by, like, you know, the, like, Bon Appetit catering. Yeah, but it was or good. Huh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I, like as a kid, it was good. Let's see. Like, one thing that I that I hadn't thought about in a long time, but I think they used to have this at Westlake Center, like in many malls. There'd be, like, a place called, like, Cajun Cafe that was always, like, Chinese-American-owned, and they would give you free samples of the bourbon chicken. Does this sound familiar at no, all? No, but I, like, I don't think I've ever actually stopped at Westlake Center in Seattle. I yeah, think no, that... I mean, it's completely different now. Okay, but I used to I used to go to the food court there fairly often, like when I was working downtown. 
or like was I, I even working I even, downtown that long? I don't think I even knew there was a food court at Westlake Center, and I, I think, used to work downtown too. Yeah, like there was. I mean, it mostly wasn't very good. There was like a McDonald's, there was a Sparrow, um, but there was there was this one noodle place that like had taken over a like a, a bad like like uh, pasta like overcooked pasta counter and had kept part of their menu, but also added a bunch of Asian noodle dishes that were actually good, mm. so you could get like like pod key mao that that would be like made to order and it was really good like at the Westlake wow. food court. I'm really sad that I never experienced it. Yeah, but it's it. gone, long gone now. You know, I'm thinking about speaking of like college campus stuff. I'm thinking about how excited I was when I headed off to college and Jamba Juice was a thing. This was oh, like yeah. like 1997. Oh, I was very excited when Jamba Juice became a thing. So, at the Stanford campus there was a, a Jamba Juice. It was as I recall the only like major national chain that I was aware of that was on campus. It's like how UW cafeteria, like the hub cafeteria had a subway for a very long time. And like, I think like no longer does, but only as of like two years ago or something. Yeah. So Stanford had like, I mean, there was like a student union there, but I don't ever remember going nor have i ever been to the uw one and i was a grad student oh, there for I three love, years i love eating on campus oh my god I've ne- yeah. i never went to the hub but what i was gonna say is um so there was a frozen yogurt place at stanford but i don't remember what it was everybody just called it froyo there was uh el pollo loco yeah, which was sure. like the chicken place and then there was jamba juice and i just like as a young kid from the like food hell that it, it was oklahoma at yeah. that time i was so excited to be like living the in, dream living the dream literally going to college where they had a jamba juice <laughs> yeah no i remember i used to go to the jamba juice like in the in the like food area at the Whole Foods uh, on 65th. Yes, me too. Yeah. Me too. Is it still even there? I don't know. I've, I, wow. Okay. Haven't like, been to that Whole Foods in years. I used to live right When was the there. last time you had a, like a smoothie from a smoothie place? Oh, probably in an airport somewhere. Yeah. Probably in an airport, maybe like two or three years before COVID. I think, uh, you know, it was like morning and I needed something and didn't want like a Starbucks pastry. Like, it seems funny. Like, like I was never like super into smoothies, but like if you had told me like in, in like 2002 or whatever, mm-hmm. that there would be a time when I would really just never think about going to a smoothie place anymore. I'd be like, no, smoothies are here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Oh man. What else? Okay. So, uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned Hawker centers and I said that there's something in, in Japan called a food museum mm-hmm. and a food museum in Japan refers to when there is a food court of multiple restaurants, all serving the same kind of food. And maybe also ah. like, there could be like some, you know, like a little like tableau of like information on the history of this kind of food or something, but people go there to eat the food. So like the first one that I ever went to was the Odaiba Takoyaki Museum, and it had like eight different takoyaki restaurants, like selected from around Japan. I, I just have to clarify again, but this was not like a like there was no actual museum aspect to this. This there was, was a gift ch- shop, but this was just like a place that had been set up where like a whole bunch of takoyaki vendors set up yeah. shop. Interesting. Okay, yeah. go on. And go like on. there's there's like the Yokohama Ramen Museum. Ah, there's Okonomimura yes. in uh, in Hiroshima that that has like thirty Okonomiyaki restaurants on three wow. floors of a building. I've never been. I really want to go. Um, ah. 
And That's like there so are, exciting. Ramen is the most common one, but and there and those are like all over Japan. But okay. It's a really cool thing, but also like more so than a regular food car- court, it really like gives you like that paradox of choice feeling, like you know. That's so. I have to pick one because I can't eat six bowls of ramen like well, my friend yeah. Johnny Lightning I mean, can. Especially when you're thinking about something like ramen. I mean, with takoyaki octopus balls, like in theory, you could get them from a few shops yeah, and kind of sample did, yeah. them. Whereas with ramen, yeah, I mean, you're committed to a bowl. Yeah. Some. Sometimes they'll be like, like you can order like a mini or half bowl, but not that often, it mm-hmm. seems like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking too of, uh, I know that you and I have both gone to Flushing. Yes. In Queens, New York. And you mentioned the New World Mall, which yeah, there are, I have not gone to. Yeah, there are a bunch of food courts in Flushing, I think. The one yeah. that we happened to go to was the New World Mall. Just like... The the food courts in Flushing like like are like on par I think with with like big malls like in in Bangkok or other other cities in Asia just like like I was completely overwhelmed like there there are a huge number of places all of them look really good I went gosh it was easily a decade ago now um, friend of the show Francis Lamb host of the Splendid Table gave me a little tour of Flushing uh, back when he used to live in Queens and he took me to the now defunct uh, underground Golden Mall oh wow and I think that this is where the Xi'an Famous Foods like original location was but either way there was a Xi'an Famous Foods there and I remember having cumin lamb there (laughs) that dish is so good it is incredible and it was like the whole place I looked up pictures of oh here we have a, a riding mower type thing that's Whoa, right near okay. us stuff is about to get really loud <laughs> you know let's just go with it great it seems you know this is definitely the sound effect this is the kind of ambiance you would get in a food court. Yeah, mowing. Mowing, obviously. Anyway, what I was going to say is that, you know, I looked up pictures of the New World Food Mall, which is, or the New World Mall, mm-hmm. which is the one that you mentioned in Flushing. Well, the Golden Mall definitely did not, would never have the word new associated with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was more of like a fluorescent lit rabbit warren of food. And it was incredible. And I'm so sad to know. I think it closed in 2019. Yeah. The, the New World Mall, I feel like, is the kind of place, like, like if you are looking for, like, a, a, food, a food court to go to in Flushing, you, like, look on Yelp and see, like, which is the one that, that like, white people are complaining about. Like, you know, yes. like, like, that's the one you want to go to. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh huh. So, like, you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I think that we should also mention like the kind of restaurants that only ever show up in shopping malls. Yes. Like I think of PF Chang's as the epitome of this. Yeah, totally. But it, it, it's not in a food court. No, it's like it, it'll it's be like, like in a di- like a adjacent part of the mall. Yeah, there's like or like Il Fornaio does this yes. a lot too. It's like uh, the the restaurant that is at the mall, and like if you want to have a sit down meal, that's where you go, yep. and it feels very special. Oh yeah, because who has a sit down meal at the mall? I mean, that is special stuff. No, it really like I mean. I, I don't think I would really enjoy. I, I'm sure I would enjoy going to PF Chang's now. Like I'm sure, I'm oh, sure it'd be fun. Yeah, I but think like that... if I like as a kid, like I would have thought that was like an incredible treat. Uh, there was a Italian restaurant at Penn Square Mall. I think it was called like Pepperonis or something like that. <laughs> yes. And we used to like straight up go to the mall to go to Pepperonis, but sure. only only if we were with our parents because that's yeah. not a place you'd go eat by yourself. No. No. Who would throw down sit-down restaurant money? At pepperonis? I mean, I would because it sounds great. (laughs) Okay. Um, You know, I think that airports are the place where most of us today come in contact with food courts. Like the the Terminal A dining area at SeaTac that has like the Ivers and the the Wendy's and the Pasta Reno's or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's definitely kind of a variety of, you know, there's some kind of standalone food places in airports, but there still is that, like, common seating vibe, this sort of, like, stall Yeah, at vibe. the same time, though, like, Doesn't feel I, I like want, a food I want the court? food court to be, like, a place of joy. And, like, I'm at, when I'm at the airport, yeah. there's there's always, like, an over uh, like an underlying feeling of... <sighs> yes, Like, you know, like, there's... <sighs> okay, okay. But I, I'm not disagreeing that it's a food court, but, but it just, like... I don't want like like the good feelings that I associate with the food court to be polluted by the bad feelings I associate with the airport. That makes not sense. that I've ever even had like a terrible experience at the airport. Just like no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Let's hold on. I want to talk about the history of the food court. Okay, yes, because I, I think I think that will help to like maybe elucidate something. Let's elucidate. Yeah. So the place that is usually credited as the first successful food court in the U.S., like the the one that really like nailed the formula. Okay. Was, the one that really put the hot dog on the stick. Yes. <laughs> was the second floor food court at the Paramus Park Shopping Mall in New Jersey. Okay. The first floor food court was a fucking nightmare <laughs> disaster area. Well, uh, apparently there was <laughs> this called other- Listeria Junction. <laughs> There was. I don't know if there's a first floor food court. It's just Wikipedia said the second floor <laughs> I know, food that's court. Why I liked it. Anyway, uh, this Paramus Park shopping mall food court uh, was a big success. It opened in March 1974, and there had been, I think, smaller ones before that that didn't quite nail the formula. Okay. And this was the first one that really, like, this was the first food court. I want to know what they got wrong. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying. You, yeah, like, I didn't write that part know, down. But like, I but it, it seems down. like it would, it would be entertaining to know, like, how, how they screwed up the food court. Yeah. Uh, you know, Canada, 
our, our beloved uh, neighbor to the north, Canada. Yes, I'm familiar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Toronto. Home of BC hothouse. Toronto actually got. <laughs> okay, that was a callback to the Pico de Gallo episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Toronto actually had a, f- a successful food court uh, before the the New Jersey one. So I think in North America, maybe Canada pioneered the okay. uh, the shopping mall food court, and that was at Sherway Gardens in Toronto. So that's why when I went to Toronto, to Toronto, people kept saying "suck it, New Jersey." Exactly <laughs> makes sense yeah. now. Anyway, um, food courts. So this was in the seventies. the The one in Toronto opened in nineteen seventy one. New Jersey, nineteen seventy four. Food courts then became a shopping mall staple in the nineties. Okay. So the era of Penn Square Mall's renovation, frankly. That makes sense. When I was a kid, like Lloyd Center, which is a mall in uh, like central, like, you know, east side Portland, it was it was open air. And then they renovated it to put a roof on and turn it into a normal mall. Mm. But I, I vaguely remember like the open air Lloyd Center when I was a kid and like thinking it was it kind of sucked compared to other malls. Oh God! I always thought that the open air mall was like a higher class mall. Oh, I might, I might prefer it now, like as a snooty grown up. But as a kid, no, no. But even like... as a kid, because when we would go visit my cousins in Northern California, there was an open air shopping mall near them, and I just remember being like, "This is so much fancier yeah. than Penn Square Mall, even renovated Penn Square Mall." Matthew, okay. I mean. I hear you. Anyway, okay. So, yeah, in the 90s, food courts, as we know them, became a shopping mall staple. And they became such a part of culture that this was around the time that colleges then started to incorporate food court-like settings. I think the 90s was the best time to grow up. We had, like, Pearl Jam and food courts. It's true. I spit on my microphone. And nothing and nothing bad happened. <laughs> nothing bad ever happened in the 1990s. Nope. Okay. So this was around the time when, you know, college campuses started bringing in like KFC, Taco yeah. Bell, Subway, maybe Jamba Juice for sure. Then, Yeah. Er- my college campus did not have any of these things. We It was all catered by Marriott and it was not good. Ours was catered, I think, by Bon Appetit Catering because yeah. I, I initially confused it with the magazine. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as I heard about that, I got like, whoa. Anyway, um, and then airports came along after that. So shopping oh, wait, mall food courts. that's when airports courts, came along. Yeah, shopping mall <laughs> food courts came before airport food courts. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then some office building food courts came around that time as well. So according to Wikipedia, in the U.S. and Europe, food courts mostly contain fast food chains. So, you know, we're thinking not only Sparrow, but also Panda Express is a big one. Oh, McDonald's. Yeah. Orange Julius. I think possibly the last time I ate at like a American mall food court, like uh, Western Express. style mall, I, I got Panda Express orange yeah, chicken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Asia and Africa, again, this is according to Wikipedia. This may be incorrect. In Asia and Africa, apparently food courts are, are more often private vendors offering like actual like local or regional cuisines. Yeah, I think it, that is that is more likely to happen mm-hmm. in those places. Like I can definitely think of like chain filled food courts in Japan. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, in recent years, as, you know, uh, North Americans have become, like, more health-obsessed and fast food has been villainized, food courts have, like, gone through a lot of changes. In fact, uh, God, I should have looked up what's in the Penn Square Mall food court now because, you know, there's more, like, salad stuff coming in. Um, Of course, well, there's been sushi in food courts for a long time. But... According to Wikipedia, a lot of food courts are becoming a bit more like European food halls where maybe uh, there's more like fresh foods 
or I don't know if I, I buy if I, this like, in I, like I a shopping mall. I never go to the mall. mall anymore, so I don't really know. I mean, plus, when you go to the mall, what are you, you going to buy your tomato and your serrano pepper and like make your pico de gallo? Nobody does. Who buys well, I mean, fresh you're gonna, food? You're going to slice and eat tomatoes. We know this. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I am wondering if there's I more go to, like. I go to this place called Caprese's and <laughs> <laughs> they just serve Caprese salad. Anyway, you know, I'm also thinking of places like Market Hall in Oakland, which is like ultra high end in a very like Northern California way. Sure. Have you been to, to Market Hall in no, Oakland? No, I haven't. So it is, do you, do you remember the chef Paul Bertoli in oh, his yeah. restaurant Olivetto? So the this building is kind of anchored by Olivetto, which is still kicking. Okay. And then there is kind of like a high end little food market called Market Hall right behind it that sells amazing an amazing selection of cheeses, Acme breads, uh, kind of a a lot of pantry staples, but they also have an extensive prepared food section. But then, not only that, but adjacent to it, within the same building, is Marin Sun Farms, where you can get chicken and okay. eggs. Uh, there's another butcher shop. Maybe that's the butcher shop. And then there's like there's a, a like a produce stand, and it's all under the same roof. Kind of like um, like uh, Granville Island in Vancouver has yes. a food court, kind of like that. Yes, I would call that maybe more of like the European food mall yeah, totally. style. Oh. Man, I love going to Granville Island. It's like so touristy, but it's, it's so nice. That sausage place, like oh, Oy- Oyama, Oyama sausage, yeah. yes. Oh, that's oh. so good. So, Matthew, like what what would be in your dream food court these days? That's a really good question. Like I almost want to say that that like uh What's already for New World Mall in Flushing might be my dream food court just because like I only tried like one thing from one place when we mm-hmm. went there and they have like twenty seven restaurants and like including like things like representing like types of dishes and like areas of China that I've like never even tried before mm. and I feel like I could spend months there and still be kind of scratching the surface. I I think that. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because I do think that what comes to the fore for me is that I I don't really want what we have always thought of as like the American Mall or American Airport food court. But at the same time, like when you put that when you put this list of like fast food chains like McDonald's, Sparrow, Panda Express, Dairy Queen, and Orange Julius, like when I imagine going to that food court, like I don't want it. That's not the one I want to go back to day after day. No, but but you would enjoy it. Like if you and I went there, like that would feel like a really special treat. What would you get? I would for sure get an original Orange Julius. I've never had one. Um, oh, they're they're really g- good? Question mark. Is it, I haven't does had it kind of taste time. like a creamsicle? Kind of tastes like a creamsicle. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like I think it's got malt powder. Maybe. Um, I would definitely get some uh, Panda Express, uh, like orange chicken and fried rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDonald's. I would I would get somewhere else out at like a okay. freestanding location, and uh, and like a peanut butter parfait or a Blizzard. <sighs> God, yes. I immediately started thinking that I would get a Sparrow, like a slice of pepperoni yeah. pizza. But uh, then I then I thought of the orange chicken at Panda Express, which I've never had. But I know uh, a couple of people who like have really discerning palates who really enjoy <laughs> the really orange good. chicken at Panda Express. <laughs> so now I kind of feel like I should... The next time I, I get on a plane. It's a total PEFP or, is what it is. Oh, it's a perfectly engineered food I, product? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's not, you know, is it is it like, it's not really comparable to Chinese food. It's like its own thing that you, that you enjoy for being its own thing that you could never recreate. We should go to 
a Panda we Express should. at some point if we can find one that's not in an airport. Because yeah. we can't just go into an airport. No. I mean, um, we could buy uh, like tickets for a flight. <laughs> Like a really good <laughs> and then idea. just and then just leave just to get the orange chicken. Okay, um, let's see. You know, it occurs to me. So here in Seattle, we have a number of Din Tai Fung locations, yeah. which are all in malls. Yeah, and it only That's occurred true. to me while writing the agenda for this episode that they're all in malls. Yeah. So it's like the the new version of a mall restaurant. Yes. Like it's, yeah, because there's one like in Westlake Center and University Village. And, and Bellevue, Bellevue Square. Square. That's interesting. But like, it's like many, many times better than, than the oh, like yes. fast casual mall oh, yes. restaurants. Of oh, yes. Year. So, uh, but what I'm saying is like, I, I'm just interested in the fact that they wound up going into malls. Yeah. Well, I noticed when I was at, like, I, and, I walked through Pacific Place like a couple months ago and there was like a new, like, like Chinese hot pot place that looked like totally legit. Wow. It seems like you and I are maybe due for a food court visit. Yeah, but like that that wasn't really a food court either because like it was it was a sit down restaurant. Okay. Okay. Um, I but think but that, we should go to a food court. Yes. And I, I'm gonna think hard about uh Maybe I'll try the orange chicken at Panda Express in my hypothetical food court visit. Yeah. I don't know if I want an orange Julius. I think that I will try the orange chicken. I think I might have a small, like, Coke yeah. out of whatever we're going to call the machine. And then, uh, a soda spewer. Then I think I'm going to have probably a blizzard for yeah. dessert. Yeah. What, yeah. what kind of blizzard? Oreo probably, probably Oreo. Yeah. Yeah. Blizzard is such a work of genius. It is, except I wish that they would just, I wish they would blend them like a little more fully because yeah. the top part is always so wonderfully Oreo-y you're right, and then you're you right. get to the bottom and you're like, ah, now I've just got like plain stuff. No, nope, you're right. Okay, well, well, Blizzard technology is, is constantly improving. No, it's, it's not. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, anything else we should discuss, Matthew, I, about I, food courts? I enjoyed this episode just as much as I was hoping. Like, <laughs> food courts, like, they're not even as good in real life as they are in my mind. Yeah. But, but, so many things are that yeah. way. Okay. But, uh, I miss the sound of a food court. Like, like the sound of people all in one place and I'm not worried about dying. Yeah, that that is a big part of like why, or why about it's my so child satisfying dying. to think about. Yeah. 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 All right, shall we move on to segments? Let's move on all to right. segments. How about I read the mail? You read the mail last week. Oh, fine. No, it's fine. Go ahead. I, I've got okay. now, but wow, you read the mail. All right. Listener, well, I, last week I had both. <laughs> Here I go. Listener Elijah, <laughs> before you get started, I'm going to keep going. Listener Elijah says, my mother is also attempting to make every cake in the Snacking Cakes book. Wow. his Elijah's mother and, and your wife should hang out. Okay. So, Wait, it, what if they're the same person? What if, what if oh. wife of show Lori has a secret life? So far, all but one of the cakes <laughs> turned out well. The one that did not was the minty chocolate malt cake, also known as the mint toothpaste chocolate malt cake. This is why. For both the glaze and the cake, my mother used mint oil instead of mint extract. Mint oil is much stronger than mint extract, so when used in place of mint extract, the amount of mint oil must be reduced. Hot tip there. My mother did not do that, hence the name mint toothpaste chocolate malt cake. 
Has Watzel made this cake? If so, how did it taste? What are your comments on this story? Presumably about the listener Elijah's mother. <laughs> yeah. And of course, have you ever had an oil extract mix-up? Okay, these are all great questions. Uh, wife of the show, Lori, made a snacking cake this very morning. It was <gasps> not the mint chocolate toothpaste cake. Okay. Uh, it was uh, plum cake. I can't remember what it's called, but it ah. has fresh plums. Yeah. Like a plum upside down cake, kind of. Okay. Uh, really good. Okay. Pl- almond. It had almond also. Ooh, yes. Um, has not tried the uh, the mint chocolate cake, but I'm looking forward to trying that one when you, when it's time comes. Do you have any mint extract around? We do have mint extract. The main thing that we use mint extract for in our house is making a mint icebox cake where you flavor the <gasps> whipped cream with mint Ooh, that's with mint a extract. Good idea. So good. We don't have any essential oils. Yeah, in our house. I don't either. I don't either. Um, I have peppermint extract as well, which I've used in peppermint bark. I think I think probably wife of the show Lori keeps all of her essential oils at her other secret family's house. <laughs> yeah, listen. Elijah's house. <laughs> right. Um, um, my comments on this story is that would like, I, I feel like I would feel really sad, like like when I, uh, when I yes, like when when a food doesn't come out right. Like, did I tell you that I got really bummed? I made a a strawberry rhubarb cobbler like earlier this summer. I mean, you brought one to over when we did the cobbler episode. No, no, but I made a strawberry rhubarb cobbler earlier than that, in which for some reason, like I was having a conversation with Ash or June or somebody while I was making it, which is not usually a problem, but instead of reaching for the baking powder for the biscuit oh. topping, I reached for the cornstarch. Oh. And like this never happens to me. I don't know what I was thinking, but anyway, as it baked, like really weird stuff started to happen. Oh no, yep. I, wait a minute. I know what I did actually, Matthew. I was supposed to put cornstarch in with the fruit and I reached for the baking powder oh, instead of the cornstarch. Very weird. So the, the the fruit started to blacken, like a chemical reaction. Oh, I was gonna say it, from the baking powder. Yeah. I imagine it would be like a, uh, you know, science fair project, uh, a volcano. It was like the black ooze or black oil from From X-Files. X-Files, yeah. Yes, it was coming out of my eyes, in fact. (laughs) Anyway, it was so gross. So um, anyway, I was so disappointed. I mean, I had like, it was a 9 by 13 pan. Yeah. When we did the cornbread episode, I I accidentally put baking powder instead of baking soda in and had to remake the cornbread. Ugh. It were wasn't, you, it wasn't like excitingly upset? bad. It was just bad. Oh, okay. I, I got over it. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't like something that we were like, you know, expecting to be like coming out for dinner or like a much uh, anticipated dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, listener Elijah, we I can, hope, we I can hope really remake the cake. Yeah. Remake uh, the cake. I bet it's going to be extract. tasty. It sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and now it's time for now, but wow. Okay, my now, but wow. Actually, I have two songs okay. that I'm picking. Uh, one of them is a song that you've very much heard of, and one of them is a song that you have not heard of. Okay. Uh, the song you have heard of, and uh, we, we are kind of uh, gotten ahead of ourselves, like uh, banking episodes, because uh, Molly's going to be taking a little time off. And so, uh, you have you heard of this new song, Rumors, by Lizzo featuring Cardi B? <laughs> if, uh, if you haven't, look above you, because you will see a rock. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's uh, I, I love this. Uh, it's one of the best music videos I've ever seen. The song is very catchy. It's uh, it's like Disney's Hercules, only horny. It's great. Ah, 
I love that description, Matthew. It's it's a beautiful thing. Okay. Um, the song you haven't heard of but should is my uh, voice teacher, uh, Doug, has a band called No Eden, and they have a new song called Winter Air, and it is on Spotify and all of your favorite streaming cir- cir- uh, circuses. <laughs> <laughs> um, under the big top with all with the elephants and stuff. Uh, and uh, it is a uh, super, super catchy pop punk song. Doug is a great singer and songwriter. Uh, Winter Air by No Eden. Check it out. Great. Okay, everybody. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella, and you can rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yep. You can also uh, check us out, talk to people who love the show on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We've we've been found guilty in food court of uh, <laughs> being hungry. <laughs> um, um, of, cr- of crunching into the microphone? Yes. Yeah. We uh, yeah. like and sent. What are, what are we? What did we get sentenced to? We got sentenced to. I guess we got sentenced to eat only soft foods. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. Woo! No, I do, I, do, do, I do the liquid diet. I'm just going to keep talking about colon-related stuff <laughs> okay. from now on. Okay. All right. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterberg. No, these people, like, they, they don't understand how exceptional their cats are. Weird. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.